This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're pleased to have right now from the NFL Network, Mark Ross. You can find Mark on Twitter, at Mark Ross, and that's Mark with the C-M-A-R-C, Ross. Mark, thank you so much for your time, my man. We appreciate you. And, well, the trade deadline has come and gone, and we had John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on a little while. I didn't even ask him about Deshaun Watson because I'm sure he's tired of talking about Watson. But what are your thoughts? Deshaun Watson still a member of the Texans, didn't end up going to the Dolphins. What are your thoughts on uh, on the no movement from uh, Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I've been saying this for months and months on air. Whenever you know, I know it's good talking points, and I know everybody wants to get excited about it, and it, get, it gets clicks and it gets views. But I've been saying it right from the start that he'll he'll be with Houston for a long time. I mean, you're not just talking about a regular trade or a disgruntled player. You're talking about 23 counts, you know, uh, criminal charges and counts that an owner will just not want to sign off on that situation. And um, this is completely not a surprise to me. It, it, again, like I said, it's, it's, it, was, it has to be a topic of discussion. You have to bring it up. But there was absolutely no way an owner would want to take that situation on just because there was so much uncertainty and the unprecedented manner of the criminal charges against Deshaun Watson. I'm glad you said that. I really am, because for the longest we've been saying that here on the show is how does a team make that move and feel confident that there's not going to be people on top of people, on top of groups, on top of gatherings out front of the stadium? Just, you know, what I mean, just not having yeah. that. I mean, finally, I've heard that. I haven't heard it from anywhere else. So thank you for saying <laughs> well, that. And it just doesn't well, make sense. Yeah, well, you haven't had me on the show before, but I, so I just uh, speak the truth. And um you know, if you just talked about it from a p- football perspective, okay, let's just talk about it from that end, and it's okay. Well, who has the draft capital to do that? There's only a few teams that have that. Okay, now who has the money to actually sign him? At? They have the draft capital. There may be one or two teams that have that. Okay, now we let's put that aside. Okay, now who's going to actually want to take on this sort of situation? I, I, the only thing close to it I could think of would be when Michael Vick came out of prison with, with the, the dog situation there that, you know, the Eagles took a chance, Andy Reid took a chance, Jeffrey Lurie took a chance there, and all the black backlash there, but, you know, that, that had been done. Michael Vick had already been through that, and there was backlash. You don't know what's happening with Deshaun Watson. He, he, the guy could not play forever. So there's absolutely no way that an owner, uh, even if the GM tried to convince the owner, you know, being a part of the you know teams for three different teams of 20 plus years and an owner, like there's just no way that they would say, you know what? Okay. Let's take all this on and this scrutiny and this media backlash. Uh, so I knew that this is not a surprise to me, as I mentioned before. So, uh, you know, to the general public, maybe, but for me, no, absolutely not because it was just too big. It's too grave circumstances. 
Good stuff. Great stuff. Talking right now with Mark Ross from the NFL Network. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Mark with the C Ross here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and sticking with legal issues, I mean, Mark, we've been talking about this situation that result uh, is involving Henry Ruggs III and an accident he got in to this morning that resulted in a death. And we don't know all the details, so we're not speculating on it. But uh, as far as the NFL, they have services for you in place. And I know at the symposiums, the rookie symposiums, they say, hey, if you can't drive, you can make this call and there's no, you know, there's no repercussions. How come these players just don't figure that out? Yeah, and especially since his teammate had already got caught up, um, you know, Josh Jacobs had had an incident, um, I forget what month it was, but, you know, very recently where he had an incident as well, and you just can never really place to say you're going to do the right thing. You know, there's always just that one guy or, or that's going to say, uh, you know, let me just do it right now, especially since he had someone else in his car. And, um, you know, it's very unfortunate and sad, um, very shocking to hear it today at that point, but very sad and unfortunate for the, for the people that, that, that perished in it. But just, yeah, it, it's just, just a lack of, of common sense, a lack of, of uh, of just saying, uh, you know, let me just do something that's just normal. And as you mentioned, there's plenty, there's Uber, there's Lyft, there's plenty of services that these guys can get home. And um, for that to take place, for that to happen is just inexcusable in this day and age. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, and again, not trying to sound insensitive or anything, but I had someone bring to my attention, like, is there anything else that this team could deal with off the field that really, to the guys in the locker room that are doing the right thing, this isn't on them. You know, none of this is on them. Have you ever seen a team have to deal with so much off-the-field adversity? Yeah, you know, you already had to go through the Gruden situation, right? You think, okay, right. Uh, that's completely unprecedented in the history of the NFL to have a head coach to get fired at this point in the season because of, you know, insensitive emails. Like, that's never happened before. Okay, we weathered that storm. We've won two games because of that. We've kind of galvanized each other, you know, the team and, and rallied around each other with a new head coach and we're moving forward. And now this happens. So you know, you have one un- unprecedented situation and now you throw another one in the mix and it's just, you know, how much can this team uh, take? And it's, yeah, there's always the off the field and then the on the field because you have to go, they have to go play the game this weekend. And, you always have to have the two together where they're always together. You know, that you can you just can't separate it where the rug situation affects the team and affects what happens Sunday, but they have to go fly to New York this weekend, right. And play the Giants. So you can't not play the game. So the, the, the rest of the team has to go and move forward just like they did with the Gruden situation, completely set from set of circumstances that are unprecedented. So, uh, once again, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, we'll see how they rally. We'll see what happens. But uh, the bigger picture, you know, for the families that, that, that you know, the right. Paris, that's the bigger picture. But it's a shame that they have to keep going through this week after week. No doubt about it. And you're spot on. It is about the ones that, that lost their life. That's what is the most important factor in this whole situation right now. We're talking to Mark Ross from the NFL Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And they do have to go play a game. They do have the Giants on Sunday. Uh, they are a good team. They're sitting there at 5-2. and two, And Rich Basaccia is the guy on the sideline now. He's manning the ship, and uh, he's the interim head coach. What have you thought about what he's done? And from all your conversations and interactions with different people in the NFL, what are the overall thoughts of Rich Basaccia? 
Well, he's a guy I knew actually when he was recruiting. Uh, you know, he was, so when scouts go visit colleges, there's a guy that handles the pro scouts, and he was at Ole Miss way back, I think, 15, 18 years ago. That he was a guy at Ole Miss that was that guy, and he's kind of, you know, a lot of energy, and, and I can see why the the team has rallied behind him. And you know, when Mike Mayock kind of came out and said he's uh, you know, the best leader he's been around, uh, that, you know, it seemed like hyperbole, but if you know the guy and you know his personality, you know, he has a lot of energy. And, um, you know, this is kind of the first game after he got hired. It was at Denver. You knew, like, okay, what's going to happen here? Will they respond? Will they, you know, lay down? And you saw they responded in Denver. And then they had the home game, uh, where it was like, okay, now we're, we're keeping that momentum going with rallying, rallying behind this guy. And now we'll see week three. Well, you know, okay, here's the third week of his reign, and you know, a Giants team. They, I think the Raiders, despite everything that's going on, they still should be favored. And if they can just keep rallying behind him, and um, you know, that's a testament to to great leaders. You know, it's not about X's and O's with the great coaches I've been around. It's about their presence. It's about their leadership. It's about the team believing in them. And it seems like, at least for the interim. Uh, that they're believing the Raiders are believing in what he's what he's coaching. What are your overall thoughts, and what is your you know national colleagues' thoughts on, on Derek Carr and the job he's doing in year eight in the NFL? You know, Derek is just kind of it, it, you, it's rare to kind of see this where um, he's just kind of like unleashed himself, and I say that where like in, in college, even evaluating him in college, it was always you know the short passing game, conservative, very efficient, but when it was time to make the big throw or make the big play, that just really wasn't him. And that was kind of his deal almost his first however many years he's been in the league. Like, okay, you know, efficient, um, you know, short passing game, intermediate passing game, but the big throws, the, the under pressure things he hasn't done. Well, this year it's like he's unlocked himself like the matrix, you know, when Neo got in the matrix and he just kind of you know, saw things at a different level where now he's just taking things to a completely different level where, you know, he's taking more chances down the field. He's got uh, a lot more playmakers at his disposal, and he's giving them the chances. And, all right, they get down. You guys get down. And, like, all right, let's just keep throwing it. Let's keep going. And he's just taking his game to another level, um, you know, to kind of be, you know, among the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And that bodes well for the, for the rest of the season where it, before it was like, okay, if you get if you get them pressured, you get them down, like, okay, it's it's over with. But now it's like, okay, I got a whole nother level to my game that I can take it to. Talking right now with NFL Network's Mark Ross here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And OBJ, he's a conversation piece. He's a guy that's still on the Cleveland Browns. Looked like maybe there was a chance he was going to get moved today. No dice. Uh, what are your thoughts on Odell and Cleveland? And and when is this uh, when is this show going to end uh, with these two teams, with these two guys? Yeah, well, uh, you know, trade up deadlines over, so he's there. And you know, Odell, I drafted him with, when I was in New York, and you know, the maybe the most gifted player that I've been around as far as their first couple years and what he can do. And then, you know, I've always root for him, but it's just not working out there in Cleveland. And um, their whole situation really, we're going into the season. It seemed like this was a different Cleveland team. I thought they had a ton of talent and. You know, obviously the injuries have taken their toll, but it just seems to be something just off there. And if you saw their last game there against the Steelers, I mean, that's a game they have to win. And Odell had chances to make plays. Uh, Jarvis Landry had chances to make plays, and they just didn't make the plays uh, that they needed to make. And 
Um, you know, so he's there for the rest of the year. He didn't get traded, obviously, but they, they have to figure it out between Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham and his dad. Uh, if you saw the tweet, right. his dad yeah. sending out yeah. earlier on Instagram, it's like, that's just enough. That's just too much. You know, you, you just don't want all those distractions going on. So, you know, the higher ups, the head coach, the general manager, the owner, whoever needs to get involved, they all need to get involved in that situation and say, you know what, we have to do what's best for the Cleveland Browns. Let's settle this all down. Let's figure out what's the best way to make this all work. Because that team, despite all the injuries, I mean, they seem like they lose a key player each week. Uh, they, they do have a lot of talent. But if eventually they can get they can get healthy, but for the bigger picture, you know, they need to all be on the same page. Yeah, they do. And it's just it blows my mind that they just can't find a way to get, like you said, on the same page and, and just get on on accord in accord with each other because they could be really good uh, together. At least that's what it looks like from a from a distance. I also wanted to ask you about the Chiefs. They they pulled out the victory against the Giants last night. It was sloppy versus sloppy. Uh, I don't know why the Chiefs look like they're so undisciplined and uh, Tampa Bay for that. They look so undisciplined as well. But that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, what is the biggest issue that you're seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs right now? Yeah, that game was a mess, right? I mean, you're watching right. that game last night, and you're saying, can we just get one good play or two good plays right. in a row? You know, it was like right. a penalty here, an interception here, a turnover here, and it's like, what is going on here? Um, and, I, and, and, with, and with the, you know, Travis Kelsey, just a, a routine catch, and he fumbles the ball. You know, uh, uh, Mahomes, uh, the early in the game, in you know, that first drive where he's scrambling, he throws the ball, and it goes through two guys' uh, hands, hits one guy in the helmet in the interception. It's just... You know, they're just an absolute mess right now. Like, you try to justify what's going on. You try to put your finger on it, and then you see a game like last night where just crazy things just keep happening. Like, what is going on here? But the bigger picture is, you know, it's always hard to repeat uh, as uh, the Super Bowl champ, as we've seen uh, New England's been the only team to do it. You know, so that was two years ago. But then they made it to the Super Bowl. It was like, wow, okay, now it's the Super Bowl hangover. And I think it's more so – uh, they they haven't made enough good personnel decisions to improve the team, but it's also the the general mindset of okay, we'll go into games and blow people out. We get down by fourteen, seventeen. We'll come back. You know when that sets in and you get a lot of distractions. You know you know people kind of scoff at a little bit with Mahomes with his his mom tweeting and his brother doing the TikTok stuff, but all that little all those little things add up to the distractions of a team, whereas when you're trying to get to the Super Bowl, all you're focused on is let's get to the Super Bowl. That's all we're focused on. Everything else gets pushed to the side, whereas now once you win, everybody wants a little bit of credit, and there's a little bit of this creeping in, creeping there, and I just kind of see that with Kansas City where there's just, there's just so much going on, so many distractions where they're not really focused. And then the, the other thing is Mahomes where people – wonder what the big controversy was with Mahomes coming out of college. You know, how could you miss on Mahomes? Well, the one, the Mahomes you're seeing right now, that's the, that's the Mahomes in college. So, right. you know, who was making a lot of mistakes, a lot of spectacular plays, but this is why he was so controversial coming out of college, because this is a guy that you had to evaluate and you didn't know, you know, not, not knowing he would be the MVP of the league people consider the greatest quarterback ever this is the guy just imagine that in a vacuum and say will he be a successful NFL quarterback and it's a lot of questions at that so you know I think he will turn it around I think they will get better but right now they do not look right 
No, they don't. And you're right. He didn't win a lot at Texas Tech. That's for sure. I mean, he was not uh, uh, it was nothing to, to write home about when you're talking about the Red Raiders and what Patrick Mahomes and Cliff Kingsbury were doing. You're spot on about that. Well, Mark, great stuff. I mean, really great stuff. I definitely appreciate your time. Uh, you do a great job on the NFL Network. Uh, are you going to be anywhere coming up? I, I know the NFL Network is going to be covering the Thursday night game, but are you going to be out and about anywhere soon? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. They always keep me going, man. Keep me bouncing around. Mondays, I'm always on NFL now, one to three. Uh, but, you know, definitely be once the combine draft covers, all-star games come around, be on a lot more. But, uh, you know, they always keep me guessing. But um appreciate you having me. This was fun. Absolutely. Well, this won't be the last time at all, Mark. We definitely appreciate you. We'll be, we'll be talking to you soon. Great. Okay, keep, take care. All right. Thank you so much. There he goes. That's Mark Ross from the NFL Network. Great, fantastic insight right there. Fantastic insight. Whenever we have a guest that's great, I'll let it be known that we had a guest that was great. And that was one you can mark down right there was a great guest. Mark Ross, NFL Network. Good stuff right there. Uh, Appreciate that. Damon, great job on that, man. Appreciate you as always. 316 is the time. When we come back, we're going to keep this party rolling. Today is one of those days that I like to say uh, we need a little bit of soul. We need a little bit of community. So let's go ahead and get some community. Silverado head football coach Andy Ostalaza. He's going to join us next. He's the Tom Flores high school football coach of the year. That's right, of the year. We'll talk to him next about the honor and what his football team is doing. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Each and every week, this is my favorite time of the week. I get to talk to the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. But this week, it's even more special because I get to talk to the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year. And that is Silverado High School Head Football Coach Andy Ostalaza here. And Coach, thank you so much for your time. And congratulations for you and your program. What does that mean to be recognized as the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year? Uh, you know, I, you know I Ever since the Raiders got here, um, you know, they've been so supportive of us. And, um, you know, my friend won it uh, last year with, or, I'm sorry, the year before with Coach Morocco. And, you know, I, I understand what a big deal it is, uh, especially to be recognized by, you know, such a great organization like the Raiders. And, I mean, again, I know it's it's in your name. I know that it's going to go to you, and we're talking to you right now. But, really, this is a lot of credit to your assistant coaches, your program, your players. I mean, just how proud of your whole program are you to get this award? Uh, especially coming out of, uh, you know, the COVID year um, and all the things that the kids have had to go through, um, you know, having a season canceled. We had some kids that played varsity as a sophomore, had to miss their their junior year. Um, and then just having the kids get back in a normal routine. Um, I know we still have issues with COVID, um, but, you know, just for the kids to persevere through all this and have the season that they're having right now is uh, – it speaks volumes to what they've done uh, on and off the field. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I talk every week, I talk to another coach and I ask them that exact thing, you know, how special is this season just to be on the field, knowing that you missed last year, but then for your team to go and have the success that you're having, go through an undefeated season and a first round bye in the playoffs, that's got to be even more special for the program. Oh, well, you know, one, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's also a matter of luck. Right, <laughs> I'm just going right. to, you know, people say it's sometimes better to be lucky than good. And especially because, you know, with our weekly testing regimen that, you know, we haven't been severely impacted by COVID. Um, we, you know, we've, we've gotten lucky with that. Um, 
uh, you know, and the other thing is, you know, I know some of the other teams we've, you know, that you face, they, they go through the same issues. Right. Um, you know, but we have been playing, you know, we played pretty good ball and, uh, now going forward, you know, it's like our, our kids understand like now we're, everyone's back to zero and zero. We got a, you know, a super tough opponent this week cause they've actually got a, a playoff one under their belt. Right, <laughs> cause we yeah. had to buy. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like I said, it's for the kids to do what they have under the circumstances. Uh, you know, I don't take anything away from past Silverado teams, but obviously these kids had to overcome a lot more than the, the rest of the teams we've had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, this is going to be one of those years, the last two years, really, you look back at and, and really think about and really appreciate what you have and, and don't take it for granted. We're talking right now with Silverado head football coach Andy Osalaza here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And at what point did you see this season and realize that your team had an opportunity to really be special? Uh, well, you know, the, the big thing is we, a couple years ago, we played uh, some freshmen and some sophomores on varsity. Um, so we had a little bit of an edge as far as some of the other teams didn't have any kids that had played at the varsity level. Um, but probably, you know, when we got to, uh, you know, playing Shadow Ridge and Coronado, who were, you know, considered two of the favorites because they're bigger schools than, than most of the teams in the 4A. Um, and we beat them, you know, we knew then it was, we, we were on a, we had a pretty good team. Um, and then entering league, um, you know, we, we've had, you know, we had a lot of success in the um, and hopefully that, that's going to carry over now into the playoffs. You know, and every week when I talk to a coach, I always ask him what it means to be that, a high school football coach, because I know it's more than X's and O's. I know it's more than wins and losses. Sometimes it's being a father, a mentor, a friend, leader in the community. Uh, how, how special is just that role and that, that responsibility of being a high school football coach? Well, I, I've been doing this for 26 years, um, and I really can't see myself doing anything different. Um, like you said, making a, an impact, uh, you know, and just especially when we get kids to move on to the next level. Um, even when old players reach by or reach out to us and, you know, tell us, you know, some of the things that they learned with us that, you know, carried them on in life. Um, you know, but for us, when we find out, you know, we get kids that move on and graduate from college and, you know, and a lot of the stuff that they got came from playing football. Um, that's that's probably the biggest reward that I've had since I've been coaching. And that's what it's all about. And, and I always feel like that, you know, high school football teaches so many life lessons and it helps shape young men and women in the community. And I mean, how, how rewarding, like you mentioned, is that when you start to see, you know, people that played for you, kids that were growing up around you, families that have grown up around you, just go off to be successful, just men and women in society, not even, you know, football players on the next level, just, just good men and women in society. Well, like I said, we, I, I've gotten a lot of older uh, players that have reached out to us, uh, especially this season because they to congratulate us. Um, you know, I have a bunch of guys that are lawyers, uh, a couple of doctors, nice. and you see that they've been this successful, but you know, and it's things that we saw when, you know, they were here. Um, kids that are, you know, self-driven and sometimes they just, and even if some of them have told us, they just need that little extra help, uh, to push them through. Um, they like said, we also have, you know, tons of policemen, firemen, nice. uh, you know, like I said, they, and they're always like our community here. Um, me being myself being raised, born and raised here in Las Vegas. Um, you, you see a lot of these kids, they don't leave the area. Um, Silverado is a pretty tight knit community. Um, and just to see, yeah, we, we've had a lot of kids move on and, and do a lot of successful things. 
That's awesome. It really is. And, I mean, on the field, your team this season has been awesome as well. Uh, again, running through the, the season undefeated, uh, really been having some big-time, even blowouts. How, how difficult is it sometimes when you're having those games where you're having blowouts? To, is it to keep your, your team focused and locked in on, on the, the task at hand, even though the game may look like it's out of control? Well, you know, we, the, the one thing we were probably a little bit luckier than most teams is we have quite a bit of depth. Um, like we run through, you know, we obviously our offense has been putting up a, a lot of points mm -hmm. and it seems like we've had different players. Like our quarterback is one of the most experienced because he started as a freshman, missed his sophomore year, but now he's back. Um, but, you know, we run, you know, we have three or four different running backs, multiple wide receivers. They've all scored. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it also becomes a, a time of, hey, when you get in, you've got to make your mark. Um, so don't waste the opportunity. So. Even when the guys that aren't starting are coming in, they're they're going as, as hard as they can. It doesn't matter, you know, the the what the score is in the game. Right, and now that depth is really going to come into play because in the playoffs, I mean, you need everybody. It's all hands on deck. It's it's win or go home. I mean, you know the you know the routine. That the goal is to win a state championship. So now that depth that you were able to get and some of those guys getting some playing experience during the regular season, that's going to come into play now in the playoffs, won't it? Oh, absolutely, especially because we know the. The route that we have to go to get to the state championship, the teams that are left um, are all, you know, high caliber teams. They all got they, and they all have their own, uh, you know, they have depth. Right. They have real great players. I'm like, even this week we're playing Clark, who super talented um, and super fast. And we haven't quite faced a team that looks like that this year. Like they. They got a bunch of size and speed. We, you know, it's we've had to play either one of the, the others. So we've played teams with big size but not as much speed. Teams with a lot of speed, no size, but they, you know, have a, a, a good combination of both. Um, so you know, it's just a, a new obstacle for the kids, and and hopefully they rise to the occasion. Yeah, and you mentioned at the beginning of this that, you know, the Chargers, they've already got a playoff game underneath their belt. So do you think that that may – or how do you actually start start your team off really quickly uh, because you don't have that one game under your belt as you had a bye last week? Uh, does that hurt you at all coming up on Friday? Well, I'm hoping it doesn't. Um, you know, we had uh, we had the same situation earlier in the year. Um, we had a bye um, before we played Sierra Vista, and we did, uh, you know, start off real slow. Um Hoping now, since we've had so many reps throughout the season, it won't affect us as much. Um, but obviously, not being on the field for the last uh, you know week and a half, it's it, it, it'll it'll take a minute. But hopefully, it doesn't take us that long. Right, no doubt. Well, coach, I mean, you're going to be hosting the playoff game, so that's a positive. You'll like to have have your home crowd behind you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we like I said, we have what we call the uh, the big student section here. Nice. Um, they call themselves the flock. Um, <laughs> so. You know, they'll, they'll be there. Um, we get a you know big presence with our band. Um, and, you know, we got a, we got a good uh, a base. And they, even if we were on the road, they, we travel real well. There's a lot. We have a lot of fans. Nice, so, nice. Uh, obviously, I, I always, you know, it would, I would much rather play at home, so it's good. Right, of course, of course. Well, it's going to be this Friday night, the Skyhawks versus the Chargers. Uh, another round deep into the playoffs. And uh, good luck, Coach. Congratulations on being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year. That's going to be a nice little donation to the program. And, again, man, just just pat all the players on the back and your assistant coaches as well because I know you don't do it without them. 
All right, thank you very much. And there you go, Silverado head football coach Andy Ostalaza, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year recipient, and especially on a day like today, it's really refreshing to talk to a high school football coach and really realize what he has the opportunity to do right now. As I mentioned to him, a father, a mentor, a friend, helping young men and women in the community grow to be better men and women in the community. You know, I mean, a day like today, Raider Nation, is really a day where you need to really, really pay attention to the very important things in life. And man, oh man, it starts It starts at a very young age as we as adults have to mold our children. And uh, high school football coaches do a great job of it for us while our kids are in their presence and sometimes even longer than that. So uh, many thanks to, to head coach Andy Ostalaza for his time right there. Congratulations again. Silverado's got a big game coming up this Friday night going up against Clark. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. All right, Raider Nation, here we are, 3.36 at the time. Still have about 20-something minutes left in today's show. It's been very action-packed. Had a lot of different things to talk about, including the release of quarterback Nathan Peterman and linebacker Javen White, and according to Vic Tafer, uh, because Nathan Peterman is a vested vet, he will just go immediately onto the Raiders practice squad. Uh, once the Raiders clear a spot, and I believe they've cleared that spot, and then uh, Javen White still has to clear waivers before he can go on to the practice squad. So it's just a little bit of roster updates right there. Again, if you're just tuning into the show, Nate Peterman and linebacker Javen White have been released uh, from the Raiders. Uh, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Dame in Oakland. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? You might as cracking, brother. What's up, my man? Hey. First of all, I'm going to say God bless the dead as the person lost their life in that accident. Now, I wanted to really touch on a lot of people calling in to really damning rugs. And, and, and I get it, like, if that was the family of the people. But we kind of got to fall back out of the situation and just kind of pray for both sides. I mean, you talk to a brother who, at a young age, was making a whole lot of terrible mistakes and grew up to be you know, a, a positive person in the community and a role model and a great father. So people do make mistakes. People do change. People do get better. I understand the family being upset, if, you know, if they were upset with rugs or whatnot. But we as just fans and listeners, we kind of got to fall back, man, and, and just, like I said, pray for both sides. And I, I'm not just speaking from a fan. I know a young lady that was hit last week by a drunk driver and the person who was driving her car passed away. This is last week. So I'm speaking from experience right now, and she's in the hospital right now. So I, I get the anger that could go towards that driver, and I, I get I, I get all of the heart, people speaking out of emotion. But let's just fall back and, you know, just be people for a minute and understand when, you, when all of us was 22, 21 years old, we were making some, some crazy, crazy decisions. And there's always been times where, Especially cats like me, I got low body fat. Not 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 a brag thing, but when you when you drink a little alcohol, you may not feel it, but you could right. go over the limit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yo, your body alcohol level could be over the limit. You not even feel it, so you don't know what exactly happened. And I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm right. just saying give everybody a break and let's just you know let's just pray for everybody. I appreciate the show, blood. You're doing a good job. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Appreciate the call. And yeah, you're right. You're spot on. And that's really 
uh, how I, I attempted to start the show as well, just because I know from experience, just like you said, man, as a young dude, I know I made plenty of bad decisions and I'm just blessed that none of my bad decisions cost me, uh, you know, more than they could have, you know, or put me in a bad situation like they could have. I mean, there's I think we all have been in that position. I've seen a lot of people, like you said, casting stones. And uh, I, I'm just not I'm not ready to be that guy. I'm not ready to be that guy because I know we all make bad decisions. And this on top of that, you know, a lot of times it's it's one thing to be angry. And as you mentioned, the family is going to be angry and everything. Uh, but also, you know, one of those one of the things that we're always taught is regardless how much it hurts, uh, forgiveness is another thing, too. You know, forgiveness is something that that we're taught as well, you know, that, that we're supposed to do. And it's not easy for anyone to do, including myself. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, there's a lot of things I question in, in life and wonder why me and why did this have to happen and, and why is this happening? Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I've, I've always been taught not to not to question God's decisions on anything he does, regardless if we agree with it, like it or not. So uh, great call, man. Great call. I really do appreciate that. That that was a lot of good stuff right there uh, to unpack. Uh, Big Dub Raider just hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. Thank you, Dane from Oakland. Not removing rugs from what he did, but pray for both sides. Agreed. Agreed. I agree 100%. I think that that's uh, very important. Uh, we do have a Tom sighting. Tom is by, back. Glad to hear from Tom again. Sam and Ash text line. Uh, the constant need to puff up car after eight years is why I get so easily annoyed. Didn't, didn't a no-name Mike White throw for 400 yards? Isn't a passing league that's officiated to help offensive score points? Can we wait to see a game in December that actually matters, unlike Denver at the end of the year, to go 8-8 eight and eight or not get crushed by the Chargers before we puff him up? And Kelsey... Uh, Hill, Hardman dropping six to eight passes a game or fumbling every game have nothing to do with him trying to make crazy plays. The way people flip flop or like like to be early for one hit wonders is astonishing anymore. I, I I lost that part. I lost you. There was you were doing really well and then I lost you. Uh, and so I'll respond to that. And yeah, Mike White did throw for four hundred yards and he did beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Can he do it again? Who knows? Uh, I'm not ready to crown the guy the next coming of Christ just because he had one good game. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's uh, what's going to happen? I think, Tom, to some point, you've got to give Derek Carr a little bit of credit. You don't have to like him. I'm not saying that at all. You don't have to like him. You don't have to embrace him. But I do think you have to give him a little bit of credit for what he's been able to do. I think anyone who's been very critical of Derek Carr, that's fine. There's a lot of reasons that you have for being very critical. I've been very critical of Derek Carr uh, in the past. But I also have the have the respect and the stones to be able to say, hey, man, this dude has stepped up. He stepped up and played some good ball when the team needed him the most. Uh, I think that even you can 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 admit that uh, this team is full of or this league is full of parity right now. As I was talking to John McClain, uh, there's a lot of teams that are kind of hovering around the same record and it's all going to work out in the wash. Just like I was talking about Denver when they were three and oh, and everyone's talking about, yeah, but OK, well, if they're not a very good team, it'll work out in the wash and then they go and lose four in a row. And now they traded their their best defensive player. So, I mean, it all ends up working out in the wash. Yeah, Tom. Also, come on, Tom. We got a job to do. We can't wait until December. We have a daily <laughs> I mean, show, Tom. Well, and the other thing is, I don't think anybody's puffing up car. I don't. I don't. You know, to the, we have to, to go off what we've seen. Right. He's having a good I year. I don't think that anybody's puffing him up. I think that you know, I don't. I'm not one of those guys that's too proud to give a little bit of props when props is due. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, man. I don't know. I don't know what he has to do before you say, "Hey, well done." I think he's done a good job this season. Let's wait so till I'm the career like, is over and we'll judge him then. 
Right. Well, like, I'm not. I'm, know, I'm just, just. It's it's a yeah. it's a funny argument. It's like, well, let's wait until December. All we can judge him <laughs> off of is he's having a good year so far. Mike so, Waite had that good game. That's all you can judge him off of. He won. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I'm gonna do. That's all I'm gonna do. It's 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 pretty crazy. But yeah, I, I just think that that you've got to be able to give him a little bit of credit uh, for what he's doing. Um, let's see. We got another text message I wanted to get to. Oh, Mailman Raider Max said, Mark Ross is wrong about Derek Carr. He's been doing it since he came into the league, not just this year. So there you go. <laughs> there goes a re- direct uh, a response to Tom as well. You know, uh, Mailman Mailman Raider Max is giving him props for what he's been doing the, his entire career. Uh, okay, hold on. Yeah, God, okay. Got a text here. Yeah, God doesn't cause tragic events. Again, Q, God doesn't cause tragic events, so don't blame God for anything. First of all, I'm not blaming God for anything. I don't think I ever said it's God's fault that someone died. I don't think you ever heard me say that. I say God doesn't make mistakes. And I've used myself as an example. So no, I'm not blaming God for anything. I don't understand where that came from. I use myself as an example to start the damn show. I've been in that position. If I was going to blame God, I would have done it a long time ago. I'm not doing that. So don't get it twisted. Let's not put words into my mouth. I don't quite understand that at all. I don't think you ever heard me come out and say, God decided that he didn't want so-and-so to be around. No, I just go by faith and I go by what, what, what life has shown me. And that meant mistakes aren't made regardless to how bad they hurt, including hurting myself. I lost my son in a car accident. If I was going to blame God, I think I would have blamed him in 2020. When that happened, Jack. So first, before you put words in my mouth and say that I've said this, I did not. I just said he doesn't make mistakes. That's what I've been taught. So the minute you, you hear me say, that I'm blaming him for something, you call me out on it, please. Until then, kick rocks with that. Because I don't think there's any part in this hour and 45 minutes that we've had that I've ever once blamed God for anything. And like I said, if I was going to blame God, I would have blamed God in January of 2020 when I lost my 20-year-old son's life to a car accident. That's when I would have blamed God, and I didn't. So check that at the door, please. Let's take a break. 3.46 is time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. 3.49 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I apologize for losing my blank. But obviously, a subject I'm very passionate about. So I Apologize for everyone else who had to hear me go on a rant, but it's what happens sometimes. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Rare Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Ruben in Vegas. What's on your mind, Ruben? Hey, tomorrow. I mean, uh, you thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm here too. I don't, I, don't know you, I don't know you personally. I mean, I just know you through this station and, and hearing you with uh, your tragic loss. I ought to hear about your loss with your son in the car accident. Um. We all human, man. We all make mistakes. I ain't perfect. I know that for a fact. You know, it's just scary 
with the road situation that uh, your the guy that you interviewed earlier saying that this is like the second situation involving a car accident with the Raiders beat Josh Jacobs the first last year after the Denver yeah. game. You know that that was me at a the Vegas local. You know I love the Raiders. I prefer Oakland before they moved down here because I was born. But this is Las Vegas, and like JT earlier in his show said, this could happen anywhere, a- anywhere, anything. You could, you know, the thing with us in Las Vegas is that we get labeled because we're 24 hours. We're a right. 24-hour city. The, the the liquor and all that whatnot that's available to us 24 hours. That's how we get that label. So that's one thing I was scared of, that this is the second accident involving an NFL player with the Raiders, you know, involving, you know, whatever he was under the influence of. Just tragic. And it said, uh, pray for the family, pray for Rugs' family, and, and Q, you know, pray and thoughts for you, with your, your personal, your son and whatnot. That's all I got to say, man. Thank you for taking the call. And, uh, go Raiders, man. Yeah, thank thank you for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, good stuff, and you're right. And that's why early in the show, and I know Demond was, you know, he was pretty pretty upset as well that you know people were labeling the city, and I, I'm not gonna do that either. I'm not gonna label the city because things can happen terrible anywhere. You know what I mean? It could happen in any city. Um, you know, a lot of times it happens in small cities, and you never hear about it because they're happening in such small cities. And but I mean, they happen everywhere. Bad decisions happen everywhere. Mistakes happen everywhere. Accidents happen everywhere. It just does. And it's something that, uh, you know, it, it, it just it happens and they're terrible. And it's not you can't excuse anyone because we as people, we make our own decisions to make the right decision. And a lot of times we don't make the right decision. And that's why I let it be known from the jump. I wasn't going to sit there and and chastise and come down hard on Henry Ruggs because I know we've all been there, done that, and put ourselves in bad positions at some point or the other. And if you haven't, then, hey, man, I wish I was you. I really do. I'm just blessed that I've had someone that's been guiding guiding me and, and walking with me and keeping me out of harm's way, as most of us have. So it's uh, it's tough, man. It, it, it really is. It, it's, it's a tough situation. And like I said at the beginning of the show, man, the, the young lady who – who lost her life, she's never going to walk through that door at her house again. Her her loved ones are never going to be able to have that conversation with her again, any conversation with her again. You know, that's that's what's that's what's you know so so tragic about this whole turn of events. Uh as you know, at some point the team will be okay. They'll they'll, you know, start to turn the corner. They'll start to get, you know, get right and everything. And they've had some crazy events go on this year, obviously. Uh, that's why when I was talking to Mark, I said, Hey, I'm not trying to make light of it and trying to make it seem like it's a football thing or a team thing, but it just seems like there's, you know, just a, a, a cloud. And that's how you get as a human, right? Don't you, don't you kind of wonder like, damn, why is this cloud following me around? I know I've been there, done that felt, felt that way before, but I've also had people that told me Hey man, get up off your shoulders and stop feeling bad for yourself. And, and, and 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 keep on moving keep it pushing because that's all you can do and that's why i continue to be who i am because that's what at some point you've got to do and it's a rough deal so we have any more calls tomorrow uh yes we do let's go out to uh, houston and la first up we got somebody else after him as well okay houston and la what's on your mind my man Hey, what's up, Big Q, man? I I know it's not, you know, a real cool time, you know, as far as, you know, the situation we got going right now. But I just wanted to say real quick, brother, um, the reason why I was clowning on a past segment a long time ago with y'all, when y'all was talking about 
having a party and I said I was going to bring the Coca-Colas, man, I I really meant that because I used to drink, man, a, a lot. And um, I was working, you know, I had a cool gig and all that stuff, supervisor over UPS in Gardena out here in L.A. And then I went to San Jose State University, you know, all that stuff was cool. And, um, you know, a little later on in life, it's like, I didn't hit anyone, but I just kept getting DUI, DUI, man. I just kept slamming myself, you know, in, into the wall. And so I just had to just, to just decide to myself, man, you know, just uh, enough. And then I just quit drinking because even though I didn't kill nobody, man, I mean, it just would have been that close to where something could have happened, brother. And um, now I haven't been drinking for over... 17 years my man and uh you know i i i do construction i'm a painter for the 1036 union and uh i just keep it cracking man i'm i'm down I'm with my raider nation and you know rugs you know we just gotta pray for that cat we gotta pray for the victims of course and um you know just 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 hope that 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 the message you know can, can finally try to stick to them because you know we don't want anything else you know as serious as as the things that have happened to him, you know, at this point, happen again, man, because it, right. it can get serious, brother. Agreed, and congratulations to you, man. That's well done. That's a hell of a testimony, and hopefully that helps somebody. Hopefully that helps someone else, you know what I mean? And that's why we have conversations like this. Uh, well done. Appreciate you. All right, and All right. Uh, next up, I think we got uh, Raven Rob, if I heard that correctly. Raven Rob? Raven Rob, what's going on? Thank you. <clears throat> this is Rob, man. I, you might not remember me, but a month ago I got – I won tickets from you for the UNLV game. I tell you, I'm a big-time Raven fan, but I live here, and I root for the Raiders with everybody yeah. except the Ravens. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to, man, just take a moment, man, and just, for one, you know, salute you. Um, brother, you you are the host of hosts, man. I really want to salute you, man, because you, I can tell you a God-fearing man, I could feel how upset you were when that when somebody tried to say that you blame God for what happened. And, you know, I just wanted to just take a minute, man, and just salute you, man. You're a hell of a man. I've never met you. I want to pray for the Ruggs um, family and also the victims' families. You know, nothing like this should, should happen to anybody, man. That young brother, I mean, it's, it's just it's traumatic. And the, for the young lady who lost her life, I want to pray for her, too. But I just want to salute you, man, and give you a shout-out, man. You're a hell of a guy, man. And I listen to your, I listen to you every single day, bro. So I just wanted to thank you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I really do. It means a lot. You, you have no idea. It means a lot. It, it, it does. And this is why we do this every day, and this is why I do this every day, is uh, people like you that, that give comments like that, that, you know, something that I've said, Someone that I never thought I never thought I was going to be anyone be in any kind of position to say anything that was going to be meaningful uh, to anybody Absolutely. besides cracking jokes. And so to, to know that that's something I said, it, you know, touches home for you. I, I do appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. Uh, for that call, my man. It means a lot. So uh, I think that's all I got time for on today's show. Vinny Bonsignor is going to keep things rolling. He's got a, a lot of information coming up as far as roster news with the Raiders. We talked about Nate Peterman. We talked about Javen White. Uh, there's obviously going to be some moves being made. I think 51 is the number that they're at as far as active roster. Of course, there's going to be a lot more to come from everything that's going on with the Henry Rugg situation. Vinny may have some more information, but in the huddles coming up next, Lincoln Kennedy uh, will be rocking side by side with them. DeMond, great job in the home studio as you do each and every day, man. Fantastic. I cannot 
praise you enough for the job that you do on the daily. So thanks to all the callers, all the texters. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 2 o'clock, right here. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 920. Ahala.